Section 19 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52, by Various. Section 19. His Sweetheart, by Warren Miller. While serving with my regiment as surgeon at Manila, I received a letter from my old friend Dick Thurston at Batavia, Java, asking me if it would be possible for me to come down and see him. He was ill, and despite the fact that he was taking the best of care of himself, he didn't get any better. Couldn't I obtain a leave even for a short time? I confess I did not relish the idea of making the journey, but Dick and I had been cronies, and I would no more think of refusing him than my own brother. I succeeded in getting a leave, and I found Dick Thurston on a coffee plantation where he had gone some months before in the interest of an American grocery concern. He was living with a Javanese family, consisting of a mother, a daughter, some 25 years old, and several children. The young woman was attending to the patient's wants. Indeed, she had the whole care of him. Dick was suffering from malignant dysentery. I put him under treatment, but got no response. A couple of days after I began, he was as bad as ever. What puzzled me was that his trouble was intermittent. At one time, he would appear so well that I couldn't believe there was anything the matter with him. I hadn't been attending him long before I discovered that the Javanese girl who nursed him was in love with him. This set me to thinking. I had seen an extract somewhere stating that if a Javanese woman takes a fancy to a European... She will either have him or poison him if she gets the chance. Without saying anything to Dick, I resolved to watch her. She was very regular in bringing in his meals, and on several occasions when she did so, I concealed myself in a closet, keeping my eye to a nail hole. But if she was poisoning his food, she didn't do it when she gave it to him. Dick, I said, your nurse loves you. You don't mean it, he exclaimed. Have you been making love to her? I never thought of such a thing. Have you any objections to doing so? Dick demurred, but as I told him, I had a theory connected with his illness. He finally consented. The next time she was with him, he called her to him, took her hand in his, and told her that her kindness was winning his heart. She did not object and went away looking very happy. The next day, Dick was better. I told him to keep up his lovemaking for a few days, and he did so with the result that his improvement was remarkable. But to get the food that I was sure was poisoned, I was obliged to have him do this very thing. He turned away from her, but did not eat the next meal she brought him. I smuggled in some food for him, ate a little of that the girl brought him, and made away with the rest surreptitiously. The test fulfilled the conditions. The whole length of my alimentary canal became irritated. This was the same symptom as Thurston's. I didn't care to repeat the experiment. There was now nothing to do but get the patient from out of the clutches of this too-much-loving nurse, but my curiosity was aroused as to what poison she was using. I had, among other instruments, I had brought with me a pocket microscope. I took up this microscope and brought it to bear on some of the food I had eaten, and immediately the cause of the trouble was revealed to me. The substance was filled with fine hairs, not animal, but vegetable, hollow tubes, spike-like bayonets. I took some of the food to a Javanese from whom Dick had been buying coffee. 
showed him the hairs with the microscope, and asked him what they were. Those, he said, are bamboo poison hairs, so called from the fact that they are used by our people who wish to put someone out of the way. After a consultation, Dick and I decided that we didn't care to have anything to do with Javanese justice, so I advised him to keep on good terms with his sweetheart for a few days that he might get no more spikes in his stomach and get well. Nevertheless, before he ate any of the food she gave him, I examined it with my glass. Then one fine morning we walked away, leaving the maiden glaring at Dick from the door where he had said goodbye to her. End of section 19. Recording by Stephen Kinford, Sharon Township, Ohio, Amateur Radio Call Sign, N8WB.